This is False and Defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm, which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. We are still in August of 2021. And while I was trying to only include the worst of the worst defamation, unfortunately, there is still a lot of defamation from the defendant. And in late August of 2021, the defendant made a series of live videos every day or every other day and continued her narrative how she had never been able to tell her story before, but she's telling it now. And we just watched in the last episode a video called Finding Me Again that she had embedded into her website. She is notorious for doing live videos and making big announcements, and that increases her sales. She uses defamation for profit. She makes another live video on August the 21st of 2021, and she calls this one, You Should Listen to This. So she names these videos something intriguing so that people will want to get on and listen. And in this video, she continues her same false and defamatory narrative to her followers, and a lot of her followers did tune in, like she said, you should listen to this. Hello, friends. You need to listen to me. I have so much to tell you. I'm going to save this video. Unlike all my other ones, I usually delete. I'm not going to delete this one. So tag your friends that you know are fans or love to watch my crazy life, whatever. Your friends that you talk about me on the weekends too. Not that it's bad. I talk about people on the weekends on the internet that I haven't really met in real life too. And this is the thing. Through all this, what you need to know is the lesson is that number one, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And that was something I struggled with for a long time because I was like, oh my God, I'm like this cheerleader for other girls on the internet. I'm like the anti-influencer. Not like I'm against them, but I just don't want to be that. But I guess that's what it is. So I should just say that. My name is and I have an influence whether I like it or not. Like I'll tell you right now, you can make multi-million dollars with like less than 20,000 followers on Instagram. So I'm so lucky that in all of this, like I, the people that follow me on social media aren't people that are here for like a negative reason, which is why nobody's ever mean. That's why all this other stuff never made sense. So I have so much to tell y'all. Like, I don't know. It's like when the lights come on, they freaking come on, you know? The defendant begins this video by saying, I'm not going to delete this video like I delete my other videos. She wanted the public to be able to see it and access it so that she could increase her reach. She also says, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anyone. Again, she is furthering this narrative that I sought her out and she had no idea and I infiltrated her life and her business. And none of that is true, but her followers still believe her. And she says that the reason that this makes so much sense is that she's never had anybody be mean to her in real life. That's how this is logical for her, is that no one's ever really mean to her, so none of that could be true. So this morning, I woke up, I went in there and started talking about all this stuff, and I was like, I think I'm putting it all together. Like, I think it's all making sense. 
And so I sit down with him and I'm like telling him all this stuff. And I swear to God, y'all, it's like the freaking light bulbs are clicking in his head. I know it's been forever. I know that has been one of my biggest struggles in all this. Just trying to like the difference between somebody saying, I believe you and them feeling it in their gut and wanting to do something about that are two different things. Honestly, they can say, I believe you. And then they can do things that make you think they don't. And I lived that. Okay. When you feel like your trust circle has been broken in this season of my life, as I've been going through all this stuff with my dad, you guys know for the last year of my life, it has been horrible, like terror, hell. Like I can't even think of all the words that you would use. Oh my God. Like havoc, mayhem, chaos. Oh, terror is like the best word you can use where you are just terrified of everything in life. I've been going through all this stuff with people that I trusted a whole lot, like more than any human being on the planet that I've ever trusted in my life, right? And since then, I have been expected to like compile everything that happened and I don't know, make a PowerPoint presentation or I don't know, but I've done nothing. Because honestly, what do you need to do when you know everything and it's all in your head and it doesn't change because that's the truth. So instead of doing, and I guess from the outside world, it's not always perceived by even the people that I'm against or the people that are trying to support me that I basically like sometimes it can look like you don't care when you do nothing. And I know that because I've been on the receiving end of that too, obviously. So this past year, I have like kind of done nothing about a lot of things because I work differently. I have to like process things. And one of the biggest deals is that I have never like, I mean, I just, since I know this is being recorded, how weird does it feel to be on the end of that? Like, The attorneys have got to feel great because they're getting paychecks or they're probably, I don't know if they are yet, but eventually they'll get a paycheck and they literally had, I wasn't doing nothing over here. Like I haven't wrote a thing down. I haven't done anything. I just talk to people and tell stories and they give me data back. And so now it's to the point where I think I feared for so long sitting down and writing what happened and I couldn't figure out what is causing that roadblock. I wanted to just sit down, get it all out, like tell my side all in one place on paper with a timeline, blah, 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 all this. And I didn't because to me, like everybody that I knew and trusted knew that I was telling the truth. And those people had examples. They had their own versions of stories. They had all these things. So I thought for sure I'm good, right? No. So on Monday, I, uh, go to court and I figure out that um, I'm like fighting this ticket or whatever. And so I figure out that not only am I there and like I have to represent myself, which is what? Are you kidding? I thought I was going to walk in like regular court and there'd be like everybody there. It has nothing to do with that stuff that that's happening to me. Not that happened. That is happening to me. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with my house. Anyways. And so I thought like there's going to be a room full of people and we're all waiting for the judge to call us that we go up there. We say if we're guilty or not. He tells us what he thinks. No, that wasn't it. Apparently I checked a different box. I had to pick a jury. I had to go through jury selection. There was 12 of them. Those people I knew, one of them was my neighbor. It was so crazy. So I go through this whole process. And um, and the crazy thing is you'll probably find out information about these details because they haven't been talked about yet from me to you. And I'm not going to really tell many of those details. I'll just give you like the basis of the story because I'm sure they'll go talk about this because they don't have a lot to talk about lately. Okay, so we go through the whole thing and I like... I have anxiety only because I've caused these people to have to take time out of their schedules and come here at this time. I don't know how to do this. I've never done this. I'm at a table called defendant. There's a table called prosecution and there's like 12 people behind me. One of them lives on my streets. This is so weird. It's my freaking neighbor over like a $200 ticket. Like we're sitting there, we go through all of it and I like don't have anxiety the whole time. But, but also I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to object. I don't know how to say, I don't even know what sustained means. I think it, well, honestly, I didn't even think anything. I knew that once the words are out, 
they're out, period. So like, it didn't really matter, you know, because people can hear it. You can instruct the jury to not take that into consideration, but they heard it, they heard it. You know what I mean? But I also figured out very quickly that even though people are good people and they may be great people, and I watched this woman tell the jury, she's probably a really good person. And I knew why she said that. And she said that because she knew that that jury saw my truth. They knew that I was telling the truth and they knew that I wasn't a bad human. And they knew that the goal of me being there had nothing to do with wanting to get myself out of trouble, but to, to show them that this is not how we can treat each other. And when she said she's probably a good person, like the light bulbs came on in my head and I thought, there's somebody that's supposed to be against me. And she just said that out loud because she knows that the average person who's a logical minded person, not someone who's a narcissist, which I just found out what that meant this year, or I guess the end of last year, um, not someone who's there for mean reasons. Not I don't know what there is other than like, I don't know another descriptive word for mean people than that narcissist thing, but holy cow, if you've ever researched those people, it's freaking nuts. In this clip, she says that she woke up and she was talking to her husband and light bulbs were going off and she's insinuating and saying that her husband didn't really believe her, but now he does. And then she talks about some of the difficulties that they've been having and arguments that they've had. But now her husband believes her and light bulbs have gone off. She says for the last year of her life, she has been terrorized and there's been havoc and mayhem. And she's obviously referencing this false and defamatory narrative that she has created, which resulted in me filing this lawsuit against her. She says that she has been asked by her attorneys to put together a presentation or write all of these things down that have happened, but she admits here that she has done nothing yet. The lawsuit was filed on November 18th of 2020. She was served on November 25th of 2020, and we are now in August 21st of 2021, and the defendant has admittedly done nothing and given nothing to her attorney. She says that she has talked to people, and they had scenarios, and they had proof, and so she felt like she didn't need to write anything down. She talks about how she had gone to court for a ticket, and that these details would probably wind up on the internet, but she isn't going to say a lot of them, so I'm not really sure what she's referencing here, but she's saying that these details will probably wind up on the internet, but that she is not going to say them right now. She also said that she had to represent herself and she had to pick a jury. And I just want to point this out because on a smaller scale, the defendant had been through this before. She did understand somewhat of a process with a court case and that she had to go, she had to choose a jury, she had to present arguments, she had to learn how to object. And even though it wasn't the same situation as my lawsuit, she did have some basic knowledge of how court works or is supposed to work. Anyways, and so as we're sitting there, I'm like, I don't have any anxiety about what I'm saying or anything like that because I know I'm telling the truth when the judge is like, tell me, oh, well, it may be, uh, it may, it's not a $200 fine anymore, Miss it's now from 2000 to 10,000. I was like, okay, it could be a million. I don't care. The truth, the truth. I don't change facts. But anyways, also knew I wasn't wrong. So it didn't matter. Like I knew I was right. I knew I didn't do anything wrong and I knew I could prove it. But the proving thing, that is the crazy thing. And that is what for so long has like been my resistance. Like, you know, in your head, something's happening, but how do you prove it? And you can have a hundred people know that it's true. And only I know those people, their hearts, what they think that they're trustworthy people. I couldn't even like people that I don't think are that great of people in the world knew what was happening to me and they believed it too. So that just showed me you could be good or bad and still understand logic. Cause to me, this is what's happening. So logically it's the truth. Okay. So we're going through the court stuff and as we're sitting there, like I'm not nervous, I'm not thinking like, oh my God, I'm gonna get killed. Cause I know I'm right. And at the end of the day, 
Like I thought for a while, like maybe I'm just myself, negative self-talk was maybe I'm so naive to think that people will still see another side of something, even though I'm telling the truth. Like, but then you always think like with a jury, that's more chances of people figuring, like sometimes you think something in your head and you just need somebody else to either remind you or not to tell you something so that you make the right choice. Sorry about the work. Okay. So that's why when all the stuff happened to me, that's happening to me right now, All I've said in the end was I don't want to write anything down. I just want to talk to a jury. Just get me in front of 12 people who are allowed to decide my fate and let me tell them what happened. And no matter what the excuse is on the other side, I am okay with it because there's nothing in the world that makes this okay or not correct. Okay? So you worry about nothing like that. So the whole time I'm thinking it doesn't matter. Like I don't need to write anything down. Let's just hurry up and get to the date so I can tell all the things. So apparently that's not how it works in the freaking legal system, which is ridiculous. So we go through the whole proceeding, whatever. Essentially in the beginning, I know what I'm going to say. I'm, I know I'm going to tell them my reasoning for things, but sometimes you can do something and it can be wrong and you could have not done it on purpose and you could have still done something wrong. But in this case, I had made the remedies to try to correct it. But also I knew if we're going to talk about, and this is where the world gets me, doing what is right. Not always doing what you should, doing what you want to, doing what normal people would do. But if you're going to do what is right for the better of everyone else, that was not happening. So I knew I just couldn't let it go. So as we sit there, we're going through and I explain, I, I respond to all of her comments, the, the prosecution side for what she's saying about, remember, this is just a t- this is just about a ticket if you guys are asking. Okay, so we're not talking about the stuff that's happening to me right now. We're talking about, well, we kind of are, but you know, but I'll explain that. So anyways, we're sitting there and we're going through all these things and I'm basically responding to all the things that she said thus far. And then I realized very quickly that when she says something and they do do that, they do do that. They say things and this, this was my problem in the past. I always took somebody that I thought was better than me, smarter than me, more esteemed, more intelligent, more respected. And I just believed what they said. And you cannot do that. Sometimes people that you think are smarter than you are still not good people. I promise you. There's things I've probably done in my life that you do not, you would not agree with, even if you think I'm a great person. But I mean, you got to figure out your level of tolerance. You know what I mean? So as we're sitting there, I realized very quickly that whenever she says something that's not true, that I am allowed to say, I object. That's not true. That was not what I said. That's not what, what, that's not what was said. And so when I figure out how to flip that, turn that switch on, like I'm blinking the light, sister. Cause I'm like, actually, we didn't say that. I didn't do that for that period of time that you said. That was not what that person had said. And because I can remember everything, I don't know how the police say it all the time. The, the judge that day literally said the same thing too. He's like, you'd make a great attorney. You can literally remember everything verbatim. Like the police have told me that in two different police departments. My attorney told me that. My therapist told me that. And now a judge is telling me that. Sister, you, okay, that's what your thing is. Now, I don't know how to parlay that into the real world other than because I always remember what happened. I always say it how it happened. And that is what makes these people around me want to stay because they know the story never changes. I am who I am. And whatever I say is just how how it is. And I don't like speculate stuff. I don't, I don't try to add extra words because it's very important to me that the people I love and respect trust, love and respect me too. So, oh my God, light bulbs have been going off. You guys have no idea. Like I cannot wait. Oh my God. Like I swear to God, I cannot wait for this to all you to know everything because I swear to God, I have to like give you all a code so you can just get this book I have to write or something. I can never write a book. Oh my God. You'd have to sit down for so long. That would awful. That would be awful. I got to just talk about it on a video or something. Anyways, y'all have to see it because you are going to be the success story in all this. You are the hero in my story. You, the person watching this person, I think I'm helping by telling my crazy ass.
stories every day are the person who's going to benefit for this. My, I told my therapist one day, I'm okay to be in this mess because in this mess is my message. I just don't know how. And I have to get through it so I can tell people that this was my message because if I fail and I don't get through it, there's no message in all of this. All these people are watching you and I'm not scared that they're watching me. I don't get anxiety over that. I get anxiety if they're watching me and they're depending on me to get through stuff and I don't get through it and then they cannot. Because then I didn't do my job and I can't not do my job. The last 12 months of my life have been the best year of my life and the worst year of my life. And the exist means I need to stick around for you, me, and everybody. Because that is a freaking lesson, sister. I have watched my dad die. I have watched my other best friend sue me for a million dollars. My operations manager sue me for a million dollars. I've been stalked. I've been talked about. I've watched family members do crazy stuff. I've watched best friends walk away and think that this is too much. I've watched new people come in and say, I want to sign up for this crazy ride too. I trust you. I believe you. I love you. And they showed up. They showed up. It wasn't just people that wanted to watch a spectacle or a soap opera. It was people who said, I'll stand in the sun with you. I have talked about my life for 10 years on the internet and I've enjoyed That is the best part of my job. Like the idea that I actually get got to build a mansion from talking on the internet. But this is the thing. I didn't get to build a mansion from talking on the internet. I got to talk on the internet because I created a relationship, a real relationship with all these people. So at the beginning of this video, she says, the proving thing has been a hindrance. You can know something and essentially not have any proof or not be able to prove it. And that is what's disturbing about this entire thing. She is admitting here that she doesn't have any proof. She claims that other people tell her and other people can know that it's true, but having to actually prove it is a hindrance. And other times she has claimed that she does have proof. So she always says that the truth never changes. But once again, she is horribly inconsistent with what she says. And it kind of just depends on, I guess, what she feels like saying that day. Because on one day, she'll say that she has all this proof. But here she's clearly saying that she doesn't have any. And that's been a hindrance for her. She makes a comment that with a jury, there's a chance someone will believe you. And she's talking about this court case that she went to for this ticket. And she built a relationship with the jury and that she just can't wait to sit in front of a jury in my lawsuit and tell them what happened. However, that's not exactly what happens in a case. You have to actually be able to prove the claims that you have made in a defamatory case as truth. You can't just tell a story. And she says, I tell stories. I talk on the internet for a living. And she admitted just moments ago that she didn't have any proof, but she just wants to be able to tell her story to a jury. She also makes a comment about how she can't wait to get to the jury and she just wants to hurry up and get to that date. However, as we have seen in a prior episode, the defendant has already started a very long line of delay tactics with her first scheduled deposition. And that was only the first of many. The defendant drug this case out and found ways to put off motions and hearings and depositions and caused delay after delay after delay, despite telling her followers that she just wanted to hurry up and get to the trial and get in front of a jury. She says that the police and the judge and her therapist have told her that she would make a great attorney because she remembers everything and she doesn't need any notes or anything. She also says that it is her job to show everyone what she's going through. And in the prior episode, she talks about how it is her job and she makes money by telling people about her life on the internet using this defamation for profit. 
I love this town. I would never, ever, ever in my life. I used to want to be the mayor. I definitely don't want to do that now. Funny how that's not ever talked about on the internet. How come? Because you know I never say it. So if you go talk about it today, we know exactly who it is. <laughs> I don't even need that anymore. Oh, it's the best. You know how freeing it is to be able to say whatever you want to say and feel like your friends can listen to you? Here's the thing. I could never get on here and tell you guys and not tell y'all what was going on and then turn around and say, trust me with your money. Your money is what you work hard for. It's what you take time away from your family and your children for. If you're going to give it to me, I don't, I don't deserve your money if you, and to me, I was like, well, I don't even need to worry about getting their money right now because I have some money saved. And then what happens when you have to start spending all that on attorneys and loan fees and appraisals and all these things that are popping up and taxes and, oh my God, you get a, a notice that says you got to pay all this six digits in your, on your taxes that you didn't even know about. And honey, the IRS waits for no one says you pay it. And that's what I did. And oh my God. And then you feel like, holy what do I do now? You got to go out there and get it again. And that's what I did. So I told myself, I never worry about my business because my customers are my friends and my friends don't leave me. So I don't have to worry about that. Well, half of them left. Some of them got taken away. We'll talk about that later. And some of them left because I was probably sad and crying all the time and not talking and vague booking and they didn't know what the hell's going on. So I totally understand. And I never doubted that. I was like, I wouldn't want to follow this mess either. I just wanted to get out of the season so I could go tell y'all. I just want to get to the end of this rope so we can be done with all that crazy so I can go back on here and tell you guys, you can make it through hard things. And this is why, shh, look what I did. When I would tell you, remember how I'm acting this day, I'm going to go back and tell you what those days were. Whenever I was bawling my eyes out those days, I'll tell you what was happening in the background. I'll tell you who just served papers at my front door. I'll tell you about what kind of argument and I just gotten an argument over and then I have to get on the camera and act like everything's okay. My life is hunky dory. I'll tell you about the 89 pages that I get in the mail asking me to say that I, this isn't to retract something. No, never, literally never happening. So keep racking up the bills. It's never happening. This is what I want to do. I want to go to a jury and I don't even want to talk. I want to play every Instagram story I've played for the last two years in sequence. You play all that. You play every Instagram story I've ever posted. Good, bad, act like an idiot, play all of it. And you tell me what you believe at the end of that. And if you think that I would have said something malicious out of the, oh, I was about to say kindness to my heart, but no, said something malicious or done something just to for the sake of doing it. Girl, if this wasn't happening in my life, I'd still be as rich as I was two years ago. If this wasn't happening in my life, like I would still be in my bubble of happiness. If time away from my business, I would have gone to chemo with my dad. I would have been able to make those educated decisions about his chemo and not just guess for you guys to go talk about on the internet the same day that I'm sitting here crying on the floor in my bathroom because I don't know what chemo to get for my dad but I have to keep getting on that camera because that it ain't gonna pay for itself if I was lying I would just walk away what logical person would spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars they don't have that they got to go to work the next day to get I drained my whole savings account and I will keep draining it for the rest of my life I'll do it again and again and again and a hundred thousand more times so that I can tell the truth and you can't stop me from talking because if you can talk about me and all of your lies I can tell Tell the truth about you and my life okay that's how it works that's called america it's called freedom of speech it's called that thing that protects that you thought protected you from protected you from me figuring it all out yeah that's what it's called and i'm not shutting up because i'm not lying and not only am i not lying this is I the battle that I choose is to make sure that this does not happen to somebody who is not as logical minded or as thick skinned as me. And I know she exists. I know she does. You know why? Because my mom tried to kill herself two times already. And the one day that I thought about it, I thought, 
hell no, I am not her. I am not doing this. Nobody is going to get me to that point where I take myself off this earth. I'll be Jesus comes and gets me, that's when I'm leaving. But I can wait until it's my turn. And that is what made me different. I knew better and I knew there was people on this earth that needed me here. But we have prayed for this day and you are to hear what I'm saying right now because you are in my DMs telling me, girl, it is okay. Like I probably post one out of every 20,000 nice messages I get. Okay, so realistically speaking, I would say maybe 2,000. I don't really know. There's no physical way for us to count our messages. That's the God's honest truth. I wish I could, because I would tell you all that. But I'll tell you, it was not irrational that I thought, how is this crazy? People are not mean to me in real life because I'm not mean to them. Like, it would be so weird to be mean to me because you know better. Like, even if you used to work for me, I'm still friends with those people. I just don't tell y'all. They still come to my house. They still come to the warehouse during my live videos. You just can't see them because it's not a spectacle. We, they, we outgrew each other in that season of our lives sometimes by my choice sometimes by theirs but I'll tell you this I have not had very many employees in my life a that I didn't like or b that I still don't like number one number two I am very logical so I totally understand that it's easy for everyone on the internet to get attached to someone who is working for me because my business is so personal So she starts out this video and she talks about how she loves the town that she lives in and wants to be the mayor someday and gets really excited and says, how come that's not talked about on the internet? And it's because I never say it here. And now if it gets talked about today, I'll know exactly who it is. None of this entire exchange makes sense. First of all, her wanting to be the mayor of her town is irrelevant. But second of all, if she's saying it publicly, why would she then be able to deduce who is saying it that day on the blog. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't stop her follower comments from coming in in support of her, but she does make those comments regardless. She also says that she could never get online and ask people for money without telling them what's going on. First of all, she has told people what's going on repeatedly. Repeatedly. In December of 2020, she made a long Facebook post about a 60% off sale that she was having and asked people to shop because she needed money to fight back. She has done this before. She has been using defamation for profit since November of 2020. She says that she never worried about her business because her friends were her customers, but she lost half of them and says that we'll talk about that someday. I'm not quite sure what she means by that, but she does sort of notoriously cycle through friends. And so Lately, in the last couple of years, whenever friends seem to disappear, she does loop them into this false and defamatory narrative that she has created about me. So seemingly, she is trying to loop that in here as well. She also talks about the retraction letters and likely the request for admission. So at this point in time, the defendant has received four retraction letters, and she has also received the first part of the request for admissions, which is 284 requests for admissions. These or defamatory statements that she has made that she has already been sent in retraction letters and asked to retract. And the request for admissions document just asks her to admit or deny that she made the statements in order to save time in the process of her deposition and at trial. So when she says the 89 pages that I get in the mail asking me to retract something, no, never, she makes that very clear that she has no intention of ever retracting anything she's ever said, nor does she have any intention of ever stopping making her defamatory statements. As I sit here today right now and make this podcast recording just this week, the defendant has made numerous live videos with numerous 
false and defamatory statements. The same story that a jury unanimously ruled in August 24th of 2022, that was false and defamatory. We are months and months and months past the verdict. She is still telling the same false and defamatory narrative that she started and perpetuated in November of 2020. In her sworn deposition, she was asked why she chose not to retract any of her defamatory statements. My attorney says, and he has given her the retraction letters so that she has them in front of her. By the time she has given her deposition, there are seven retraction letters. And he says, okay, I'm going to mark all these as exhibit number two. Tell me every reason that you didn't retract any of the statements that were the subject of the retraction letters in exhibit two. The defendant says, because I didn't say anything defamatory. The attorney says, objection, non-responsive. That was not an answer to the question that she was asked. And so therefore the attorneys objected as non-responsive because she did not answer the question. The attorney says, any other reason? Defendant says, well, it said retract your defamatory statements, and I didn't say anything that was knowingly untrue when I said it. As previously stated, when you make a statement, you have to have concrete proof of that statement at the time that you are making that statement. You cannot base it off of your opinion or what you think. Therefore, every statement that the defendant made was defamatory. None of it was true, and she had no proof that any of it was true. So she's arguing here with the attorneys saying, well, I didn't say anything defamatory, but in fact, that's exactly what she did. She talks about that on these hate blogs, that there were some medical details about her father's cancer treatment. And I'm not really sure what she's referring to. None of those posts were ever turned over, but like she does with everything else, and she admits all the time that she shares every detail of her life, she did share some of that information on her own social media. And so any comments about that sort of thing could have easily have been speculation. But again, none of those posts posts were ever turned over. She says if she was lying that she would have stopped, but she's drained her whole savings paying for attorneys. This tactic that she says with the doubling down, and if I was lying, I would have stopped talking, but I'm never going to stop, is something that she uses to make herself sound more credible. Once again, no proof has ever been turned over. There couldn't be any proof turned over because these are all fabricated lies, but she says this so that it makes her sound more believable because she's right. A logical person would not continue making these statements. A logical person wouldn't make any statements about an active lawsuit, but she does that every single day. So she's trying to say, well, if I was lying, then I wouldn't be doing this because most people would assume, yeah, she's right, because you wouldn't want to do that if you were in a legal situation being sued for something and then continue doing it. But that's exactly what she does. She also talks about freedom of speech and it says, if it's freedom of speech for you to lie about me, then it's freedom of speech for me to tell the truth about you. Once again, there's a lot of projection whenever the defendant makes these statements because she has quite literally been lying about me on the internet for now over two years. And she has been allowed to do that across the meta platforms of Instagram and Facebook. And many of her defamatory videos and statements are still active on her social media accounts as of this day. They have not been taken down. A jury unanimously ruled that she had made false and defamatory statements for almost two years at the time of the trial, but none of that has been taken down. She has made no effort to pay her judgment. So she talks about freedom of speech as if she understands what freedom of speech is. Freedom of speech 
does not cover defamation. She has made false and defamatory claims. Therefore, her speech is not freedom of speech like she is alluding to. She once again says how this is not irrational that this is happening because it makes so much sense because no one is mean to her in real life. And she also talks frequently about how she never gets comments that are negative on her social media. Once again, she blocks any comment that is seemingly negative on her social media, whether it was intended to be negative or whether someone is just asking a question that could be perceived in any way as negative. And so this entire narrative about how everybody's nice to her it would be impossible for people on the internet to not like her and to say these things about her just doesn't hold any water. She also talks about how she's friends with all of her ex-employees and that it's okay if her ex-employees outgrew her. People outgrowing things is something that I had spoken to her about whenever she was talking poorly about one of her employees the first time that I ever had dinner with her. And so I think it's interesting that she uses that language. But also, she's sort of notorious for having a big falling out with ex-employees. It happened multiple times with models through the years. She did go back and make friends with some people that she had burned some bridges with, some ex-employees. And so now she's trying to make it sound like there was never any issue there. And any statements that were made on these hate blogs about her having issues with her ex-employees are not true. But but she's rewriting history because she very publicly had issues with prior employees. I'm not here to like prove anything to you guys because y'all don't even want anything proved. You're, you're not here for that. And I'm not talking to the people who say the mean things, which is why I never read the troll blogs. Everybody who knows me knows I never read it. For nine years, I didn't. But I knew in my heart there's going to be a way to figure out who it is saying those horrible things so that I can remove them from my life. Not so that I can stop them. Because I said a million times, I don't give a shit if they keep talking about me for the rest of their life. First of all, what other mom has a... 1600 pages about her on the internet like it was crazy to me because logically i don't understand why people would say all these things but also i never read it so i didn't really care and it ain't true and i got a whole lot of friends and they don't think that so i never thought that my friends wrote on that stuff i never thought my employees wrote on that stuff i went to that website never once thinking it was anybody who's in my house every day i never thought in my life i'm gonna open this browser and it's gonna tell me that the people in my home are the people that are doing this i never thought that but it took me about five seconds to figure it out the first time I read it. Now, I had had people send me posts over the years. I've had people write me and say, I'm sorry, I said something and they won't let me delete it. I've had people say, I'm sorry, I saw this site. This is disgusting. What is wrong with these people? Why are they so obsessed with you? And I'm like, you are my person because the fact that you think it would be stupid to be that obsessed with me too means we're like-minded because me too, sis. Like, I just think I'm here for entertainment value and to remind you that like you can do hard things because I am proof of that girl because we are on the other side. We are not at the victory line yet but girl i see it i don't just see the light at the end of the tunnel i see the finish line of the race so we get through the court case he's like i gotta tell you i'm impressed and i'm like okay thanks thinking he's gonna talk about my business and i hate when people say that because i'll be honest i don't know what the hell i'm doing i do know what i'm doing as far as like making fabrics and talking to women and i think i am an expert at how people think what makes women want to shop or don't but you know what else i never want to capitalize or take advantage of that now capitalize like make money off of it yes but never like in a negative connotation and because i've stayed that course for 10 years that is why my business is is successful but that's also why when all this stuff was going on i never wanted to like tell y'all to give me your money because i'm over here like i can't even give you my full truth right now you 
you don't need to give me your money. But you do need to give me your money because I got a million dollars worth of clothes in my warehouse that are really cute and we need to sell them. In that season of my life where I could sit down and make content, didn't have to make the content, which is part of all this. I didn't have any of that stuff here, you know? I couldn't do anything. I wanted to be in a season with my dad where I didn't really care about anything. I just wanted to be with him. You know, I just wanted to soak it up and I'd worked my butt off to be able to get there, but I couldn't because I was fighting this battle in the background that I couldn't tell my friends about. And it's hard for me to ask you to trust me when I can't trust everybody either. So what I did instead was I listened to people that I respected and people that weren't just my friends because I feel like at, at some point I got to the point where I don't even know if I can trust my friends. I really don't because some of people that I thought were my friends, but I, none of those people were ever people that we did not say in the beginning were probably an issue. That's a crazy thing. When all those people are now sitting at a table together, sister, you were right. That is the best. Oh, the best validation I could have ever got in my life was literally seeing a picture of the same person that I was told was crazy and oh my god you can't hire her and oh my god you can't do this like she's horrible she's definitely on the troll blogs like blah 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 you're sitting at lunch with her you're sitting at lunch with her oh it's the best it is the best that was the best that was a dumb move you know what that move is that's somebody that's one of them narcissist people they think like they're above everything you can't do that but if you live your life not in a way that no one would believe if you acted any other way but if you lived your life in a way where it was natural to believe because it was truthful you won't have to worry about that. And one time, Tweedledum told me that Tweedledee told her that she said she lived her life in a way where nobody would believe that she did those things. And I don't live my life in a way where no one would believe those things. If I told you I punched my husband, you would believe me because you know what? He drives me back crazy. And sometimes I tell you all the time, like I'll smack him or whatever. Like you wouldn't not believe it. If I stole a handbag from a store, you'd never believe that because I'm not that type of person. I wouldn't do that. Not even because I don't care about handbags that much because morally I'm not supposed to do that. But Instagram people are not just people with a screen name. Facebook people are not just people that you know from high school. They're like people who can actually give a crap about you and the fact whether you're here or not. This is proof of that. The internet is a lot of things. It's a lot of bad things. It's a lot of too much information. We, there's no scaling back now. And that's the scariest part honest to God. But I'll tell you what, the internet is a miraculous place too. Not only is it a place where you can say horrible things, it is a place where you can find you, you can grow, you can learn who you are, where you came from. I learned some, I learned I went on 24 vacations from the troll blogs. I learned that my mom had been married multiple times. I learned my true amount that I paid on some of my bills that I never knew before. I knew exactly how much money I made every month and I never knew that before either. Um, I knew, I mean, I got, I found so much information out, out about it. So it's not that it's like all really, really negative either. There's good that will come of this. And the good, even if it's one freaking person, the good that will come of this isn't that those people will never do it again because they probably will. And that is, that's the downfall of humanity to me. That is like the, that's where the devil just keeps working. And that sucks, but that just tells me I have more work to do. The good that will come of this is somebody is going to watch my life one day on these crazy videos and she's gonna think I'm crazy for thinking how she's gonna think she is crazy for thinking how she does she's gonna think she can't get through this she's gonna think she's not worthy that no one loves her that no one cares that no one notices I am prepared to get more letters because of this video I'm prepared to spend more money to write back to those stupid letters for this video because if anything else you ever get out of my life I pray to God it is that you can do hard things I promise because I have been such a disaster. When that judge said, I'm proud of you and not just for your business, I didn't have time to think about the fact that he said for your business and then me doubt how good I am at business and then me think, well, I've lost a couple million bucks over the last two years, so shouldn't be proud of me because I suck as a business owner. No, I didn't have time to think that because immediately he said, I'm proud of you because, or he said, I'm impressed because you know, you know that
that you will stand up for what is right. You will not quit. You do, your, thick, your skin is thick, I can tell. Like he was saying that basically like when I knew that I was not wrong in the situation, I wasn't there for banter, like going back and forth. I wasn't there for any of that. I built my case around the truth, but I also let, I built a relationship with the jury first so they knew what kind of person as quickly as possible as, as, that I was as quick as possible. So I stated facts that would allow me to create some sort of relationship with them, whether it be good or bad, where they felt like I, where, whether we decide she sucks or she doesn't, we're doing it based off honest thoughts and not just five minutes with the person in a courtroom when you have no idea if they're telling the truth or not. Because I literally watched in front of my face someone who is in a position of power be able to not tell the truth in a place where you think only the truth exists. It is okay for you to think you're going crazy because you know the truth and everyone around you in that room is not telling you that you're right. I'll tell you this, during this whole path, 99% of the people around me have been like, well, dub. I remember I went to lunch with one day and she said, and we can say her whole name, Troll Blogs. I don't know why y'all y'all only use initials or blanks for two people, but then all my other employees, you just say all their names. That's so stupid. Duh, and it gives you away real quick, Captain Idiots. So all that being said, like, I were at dinner one night with someone else and y'all don't even know and we never talked about it on social media because it's no one's business and because my relationship with her is so incredibly important to me that I don't want her to even be touched by the grossness of those two insanely jealous of her people. Okay, let me just clear that up because I and you got every reason to be, honey. So in this video, the defendant had gone to court and represented herself and she won. And so she's hyped up about that and says that the judge said that she should be an attorney. She'd make a great attorney. And he was so proud of her. She says that she doesn't have anything to prove to her internet followers that they believe what she says. And she's correct. They do. In her sworn deposition, my attorney says, okay, when you say you're an influencer, tell me about what you mean by that. Defendant says, I have people that follow me and trust my opinion. My attorney says, do you believe that as an influencer on the internet, you have followers who take what you say as truth? Defendant says, I believe there are people that do say what I say as truth. I hope so. My attorney says, it's your expectation that when you post things where followers of you as an influencer read it, you expect them to believe what you're saying, correct? Defendant says, I do. So earlier, when the defendant was talking about freedom of speech, you are free to have opinions about things. But one reason why none of this could ever be considered opinion is because she presented these lies as fact to her followers. And so whenever she admits that she expects her followers to believe her, that's an admission that she was presenting them as fact and therefore negates any defense that all of these statements were just her opinion. She says that she never read these troll blogs, hate blogs for nine years. And then when she read them, that it only took her five seconds. She has said this many, many times since November of 2020. What I learned whenever I watched the police body cam video when she called 911 and they went to her home is the smoking gun. The thing that she just knew that it had to be me was she got on these troll blogs and someone had made a comment with the term 11 billion, which is a slang term that I had used in the past. And that was how she knew that it had to be me within five seconds. I'd already told people what, what made me realize it was Crystal first. It was the use of a word called causation. She's used that word a bunch of times. That's like her word. She also used the word 11 billion. I use the word 5011, like when I'm talking about, oh, there was a lot of people here. There's like 5011 people. It's in a rap song. Like, you know, anyways, I'm not going to sing it for you. I was singing it, but it's inappropriate. So, 
Uh, but Crystal uses the word 11 billion. That's how I knew it was her. That term not only is just in Urban Dictionary as a slang term that people use, but it was actually in a SNL skit. So I'm definitely not the only person to ever use the term 11 billion, nor do I know or have I seen the post that she is referring to, but that is what she told the police, that she got on these blogs and saw that someone said 11 billion and that it had to be me because I also used that term. She says she felt uncomfortable asking people for money and to help her fight back until now, which she has asked for that repeatedly I'm not gonna not fight back like I usually would just be like okay fine I don't care like I'll make make it back like let's just lay down and take it every day I wake up and like I'm ready a little more you know to like what's the word you use fight back I may have quit when the interior designer took advantage of me I may have quit whenever cello took advantage of me I will not under any circumstances ever stop working so that I can defend myself for the rest I will sell my house before I ever let this go so just be very very clear that's why I'm very happy that I'm taking the route that I'm taking and I'm fighting back and I'm not laying down and taking it like I have been like the last eight months I literally will never stop fighting or literally I'll never lay down and take it again. What I care about is value, loyalty, and purpose. And those three things were violated. So now you got my attention and I'll fight back. On December 27th of 2020, the defendant posted a long post. And in that post, she says, and I can promise you, I will sell everything I own to make sure that I defend myself, that I don't quit because I get tired of fighting, that I don't throw in the towel. I'll sell lemonade on the sidewalk before I let either of you try to destroy someone else's life for a paycheck. So when you shop today, she's telling her followers, so when you shop today, please know you're not lining my pockets. It's a 60% off sale. You can do the math. This isn't a hugely profitable sale. You're not paying for my fancy house. I did that already. You're not paying retail or anywhere near it. You're helping me fight back for what is right. And that is the truth. She talks about having to make content because H wasn't there to help her make the content. And therefore she couldn't spend time with her dad because she was having to work to pay for all of this and that she couldn't tell anyone about it. Once again, she has been telling people repeatedly since November of 2020, this false and defamatory narrative and has talked about it almost daily since then. So when she makes comments like this, it's very maddening. It's less maddening to me now that she's making the comments. What's maddening to me are the followers who to still believe her and comment in support of her. I'm not sure how they do not realize that this is the same story that has been being told. And then she always says that she couldn't tell anybody what was going on. She talks about the best validation was seeing her, she's talking about me, at lunch with someone who everyone said was crazy. And then I'm at lunch with her. Here she is referring to Laura. Laura told her story in one of the earlier episodes where she was a brand stylist and on one occasion, she kind of was fed up with everyone sort of brown nosing the defendant and it didn't matter what the defendant did. Everybody just praised and supported her. And at one point, Laura had had enough and said, just stop. 
you are being a fendant worshiper and just kind of lost her cool on the other brand stylists and she was ousted and then was brought back into the circle at, at another time. And so the defendant is loosely referencing that. I had no idea that any of that had transpired. I did not even know Laura until I met her at the first denim shoot that she coordinated. And so sometimes the defendant will say that I had told her that Laura was crazy. I didn't know Laura. I didn't know any of that story until the defendant told me. But she's referencing Laura and the fact that I was at Laura's birthday lunch as sitting at the the same table with her. Laura also does not have usernames on Gomi or Reddit and does not talk about the defendant there, but the defendant is saying that she does and that it makes sense because I'm at lunch with her. She also talks about the saying that I have said frequently, my mom raised me, act in such a way so that if someone speaks badly of you, no one would believe them. And the defendant references that and says that that's not how she lives her life. That if she told you that she punched her husband, that you would believe her or or doing some other unfavorable things that you believe her. And I'm not really sure what she's trying to communicate with that, but that's what she's making reference to. She talks about how there has been all this information disclosed on these hate blogs, troll blogs, such as the amount of vacations that she went on. The defendant posts every time that she is on vacation. So if that was posted, likely that was garnered from her own social media posts. She also talks about that her paycheck, the exact penny that she made, was posted on these troll blogs. Well, I've never seen that post. What I have seen is the public information that she submitted to Inc. 5000 that lists her revenue numbers. In 2018, and there is still an active article online today in the Dallas Economic Development Guide, which lists her company as one of the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies and lists her revenue in 2018 as 4.3 million. Any other mathematical calculation that has been speculated about on Reddit or GoMe likely came from the defendant's own mouth. So that is once again, another untrue statement made by the defendant. She talks about how she hopes that these people, meaning myself and H, never do this again, and that she hopes that somebody finds her video videos one day when they're going through a hard time and someone tells them that they're crazy, they'll be able to get through it because of her videos. This is once again, her trying to increase the reach of these false and defamatory statements in that she is putting this information out there in hopes that people will see it. She wants people to see these things. And that is part of what in defamation goes to harm of someone's reputation or injury of someone's reputation. She was intentionally publishing this information intentionally for people to be able to watch it back. She talks about how she's prepared to get more letters because of this, and she's going to work to make more money to pay for someone to answer these letters. She also talks about referencing her ex-employees and how these troll blogs will say their entire names, but for H and I, they will only use initials. And that is something that the commenters on Reddit and Gomi did start to do. I don't know why, because I am not one of those people that was writing this, but often H and I would be referred to as H and C. So that's what she's referencing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, 
Priceline. I don't know if you know who is. She used to be my executive assistant. Um, a long time thought like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. Like she ended up going, like leaving the company a long time ago. It's a long story. But anyways, I love her. She loves me. She's one of my like top five most trusted people I've ever had in my entire life for a hundred percent. And not in the way I, tr- I trusted some of the last people that are doing this to me right now, but in a way where when I trust her, I never have to think twice about it. Also, when you asked me, did I say something, yes or no, and you wrote it down, and you have videos of it, like, save us all time and send me the video. That way I can just be like, yes, yes, yes. Or I could just say yes to everything, because you're probably right. I mean, it doesn't make it okay. Anyways, so we get to the end of it. The judge tells me all the stuff. He's, like, proud of me or whatever, which is okay and not okay. At the end of the day, he's still an attorney, and I've learned very quickly that even when they know it's not right, they still will stand in the sun for someone else. And I know because I've literally had uh, the other side say things like, if we find out that this is true, we're not going to be around. Like, I don't believe that. I feel like wherever the paycheck is, that's where they're going. And that is next. When the judge told me that I would have made a great attorney, that's exactly what I told him. I could never do this. If you tell me you're guilty, I'm going to tell this room they're guilty. I'm not going to have these people I don't know who trust me to tell them the truth right now, not tell them the truth. That is like the thing that you just, I can't do it. Okay, so all this time, the moral of the story You kind of got it. But the point of all this is because I couldn't figure out what I needed to make that next jump. It wasn't that I was making like all these excuses, but I kind of was. And then I got into like the self-help books. I listened to the very first episode and I told y'all a couple weeks ago, it was mind blowing. It was like, so as I'm listening to it, I start realizing like, oh my God, yes. And oh my God, yes. And I'm saying all these things and I'm remembering stuff and I'm putting pieces together because my struggle in all this has been, I didn't write anything down. I didn't put it all together on paper. I never like, I just, haven't done that because I've known the truth all the time in my head. I didn't need to. And honestly, I took my information to all these people who are love and respect, police, detectives, attorneys, all that. And they all believed it too. So why do I have to write it down? You got to write it down. That's what you got to do. It's part, it's that job, the part of the job you don't like cleaning the toilets at the warehouse, taking out the trash sucks, but it's got to be done. I got to write this down. Sucks. Couldn't figure out how to do it though. How do you do that? I get, I know all these things. Do I get a, uh, an app on my phone that has a journal entry? Cause my journal entries got deleted. Okay. Remember that? So do I get an app that has these journal entries? What do I do? So then I went through that season for a couple weeks or for however long it was where I was like, I shouldn't have to do this. Like, I don't want to do this because I don't want to have to write it all down because to me, like I shouldn't, it's a travesty of justice that I am in this position that I'm in. But also I probably could have ended it a long time ago if I would have fought back and I just didn't because I wasn't in that season of my life. So Okay. I mean, what can you do? Apparently you can sue anybody you want and any reason for, for any reason in Texas for anything. And I just never wanted to be that girl till now. But I think that's why God gave me such thick skin because he knew like, I'm okay with telling people all the dumb stuff I've done and how I learned my lesson, how I, anything I do, whether it's like being disrespectful to my husband or buying too much stuff for my store or spending $15,000 at Gucci, who the hell do I think I am? Like any of those things. I'm okay with telling you about them, but I never come from a place of like pride or ego. So it's okay. And you guys know that. And I never get anxiety about it. But then it got to the point where I didn't want to talk to anybody about anything. And that is when my world started to fall apart when I felt like I can't talk to my friends anymore and I can't trust people and I don't want to live like this and I don't want to be around people who I think might have some bad intention for me. So today was the day I realized I can sit down and I can say all of what happened to me whenever it comes to me by just simply pressing a little button on my phone. Nobody can delete it because I got a whole new iCloud account that nobody knows that nobody has access to. I don't have to worry about being fearful anymore 
It is still nerve wracking at night in my house. I'm not going to lie. And I know that gives a lot of power away by saying that, but I'm not going to act like I just woke up one day and my whole world's safe. It's definitely not. I, we check every single door twice now. We've gotten all of our locks changed. We've taken two security systems out of our house. But at the end of the day, I can't focus on that. I have to remember that like if God comes and gets me, he comes and gets me. In the beginning of this clip, she's talking about her ex-operations manager and how she left and it's a long story. And the truth is that the defendant fired her. When the defendant was asking me to be her operations manager, she texted me the following. If you think it's acceptable for an operations manager to be in a group text message with five of my ex-employees that she has not seen or spoke to in more than two years until now, has had nothing positive to say about, that's a problem. If you can do that, that's a problem. I don't do profanity that would make you question my loyalty to you, so I shouldn't have to question that. And I put the eyes emoji and said, wow. And then defendant said, so I made the choices I had to. Not fun, but I have to worry about the ship and not just the sailors. This employee was also one that when I started to work for the defendant, the defendant played the recording that she had made when she had fired this employee. So right now she's trying to make it sound like it was no big deal, but the defendant made it a very big deal whenever it was happening. I also wasn't there when she fired this employee. She has also made references to that she fired this employee because she listened to what I had to say, but I, I wasn't even there. I never worked with that employee. I did meet her before, but I had nothing to do with any of that. She also says, if you want to ask me if I said something, just show me the video. She's referencing the retraction letters and the requests for admission. And she's just saying, well, why don't you just send the video or the files? And number one, we had sent the files, but also she admittedly has access to her own social media and her archives. So she could have easily gone back and seen whether or not she said those things. She says that she's learned attorneys will represent someone whether or not they think that they are guilty. And she makes reference to something that she had said before that my attorney had said that if he found out that I was lying, that he wouldn't represent me, but that she doesn't believe that. She thinks that he would just represent me regardless, no matter where the paycheck is. If I was lying, I never would have gotten my attorney involved in the first place. But she likes to try to make that dig at him. And she's made it a few times. She says she took her information to the police, the detectives, attorneys, and talks about how they believed her and then makes reference to her journal entries being deleted. Once again, the Bartonville police report says... From March 27th, 2020 to November 11th, 2020, I found that 232 account names posted on the article blog named the thread that speaks about the defendant. And this is talking about Gomi. I also found that between the two dates above, there were over 1,200 pages of posts containing 25 to 30 posts a page about defendant. I did see posts made by multiple users that could be taken by defendant as offensive, insulting, and personal. I did not observe any posts that were threatening to harm the defendant, the defendant's family, the defendant its business or to anyone else. I did not observe any information on gomiblog.com that would be considered trade secrets. 
I also research the blogging on reddit.com. Most of the posts on reddit.com do not have account names or the account names have been deleted prior to my investigation. I did not observe any posts that were threatening to harm defendant, defendant's family, defendant's business, or to anyone else. I did not observe any information on reddit.com that would be considered trade secrets. So when the defendant talks about how the police believe her and that they are telling her that she has a slam dunk civil case that she has said before, in fact, the police did investigate her claims and did not find her claims to be true. So the defendant is posturing here because in black and white, and the defendant has had a copy of this police report by now, it says, I investigated and found none of the things that you said were there. She also says that she's gone so long without writing anything down and that she knew it was the truth so that she didn't have to write it down. And what she's going through is a travesty of justice. And the defendant often talks about how it's disgusting that she's having to go through this with all of the other situations in her life. But in fact, if the defendant had not made these false and defamatory statements and was not continuing to make almost daily these false and defamatory statements about H&I, she wouldn't have found herself in this situation. No one is doing anything to her except for holding her accountable for the harm that she has caused to myself and also to H. She also talks about how she will admit to things if she's done them. And she talks about her spending, which I had had meetings with her about and how she had spent $15,000 at Gucci. And then she goes into a narrative about hacking. And she said this before that her iCloud was hacked. And the only proof that was ever given of this alleged hacking was not from Apple. There was no screenshot showing these logged in devices that she claimed that she had. The only proof was an email from someone who worked at T-Mobile. And this person that sent this email was also one of the defendant's close friends. This person modeled for the defendant. This person also threatened me physically in many of the defendant's false and defamatory posts about me. And her email says, after assisting with issues linked to her iPhone 11 Pro Max and her Apple ID and iCloud, I have recommended that she start a whole new Apple ID and iCloud due to the fact that it has been compromised. Multiple other devices had logged in, including a MacBook that she does not own. Her backups, emails, and messages were deleted. Apple iCloud saves the three most recent backups linked to the Apple ID as each day passes the most recent replaces day three and so on. However, the iCloud defendant's iCloud account, only had the most recent backup, which is the one defendant did after she was able to delete the other devices that do not belong to her. Conveniently, that one was deleted also. The only things deleted were suspicious due to the fact that it was anything directly revolving around texts and backups pertaining to H and Crystal Wrighton. All backups were deleted, which did not allow us to restore texts and emails pertaining to Apple changes that were deleted as well. If you have any questions about the changes I came across when assisting, please please feel free to contact me and then gives her phone number and signs it mobile expert and Apple master with Sprint slash T-Mobile. Notice in this email, it didn't say that this person found any of those things. She just repeated the defendant's false and defamatory narrative about this iCloud hacking. This person did not say that she saw logged in devices. This person did not name these logged in devices. It seems that the defendant knew that she didn't have any proof because none was ever presented, not from Apple, not any screenshots, and asked this good friend of hers to send this email from her official email account 
from her work, which appears to be with Sprint and T-Mobile. She also talks about how she was afraid in her home at night. She said this before and that she has removed multiple security cameras and they check the doors at night two times now. And she talks about these security cameras because her narrative is that How would anybody know the information that is written on these blogs? When in fact, by the defendant's own admission, she posts every detail of her life. And so any information that has ever been posted on these blogs, as stated by the police, is not inside information. It is either public record or it is speculation based on what the defendant has said herself. I went to Al-Anon before and they recognized me from social media and had to leave. There's a lot you don't know. And those things that you don't know are things that aren't on the internet at all because those people who wrote them know they're not things I told you about because I will, I just wasn't there yet. So to you two, thank you for waking me up and making me have boundaries and learn that not all people are good, but God is. But most of all, thank you for underestimating me for thinking that sad, weak person that you met was who I truly was as a person. Because I remember telling her driving down the street, I show you who I am in every situation I can. When are you going to believe me? And she said, I do, but she didn't. So I'm sorry, you didn't choose to take the right path when you had that option. When you saw that red flag in front of your face, instead of coming to me and saying, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. This is what's going on. We need to get away. Instead saying, you know, I'm going to travel down that road too. Thank you for making that choice because God forbid I still have you in my life right now. You were probably my biggest heartbreak. And if you consider that an award or a trophy in your life, that says so much more about you than me. And to the other one, I got nothing. You're disgusting. I wouldn't have ever expected it, but now that I've met people that know you in and out, it's par for the course. I pray you don't do this to someone else. I absolutely think you will. I know I wasn't your first and I probably won't be your last, but I pray that I can reach enough people so that they ever come in contact with you, they at least know how to handle this a little bit better than I did. I pray that they listen to those red flags. I pray that you get the help that you really need. I hope that People around you get the help that you really need to help them deal with that, because I can't imagine. And at the end of the day, I pray that in a few years, you're just a bad memory. That's it. You're something I got through. A season of hell, of dancing with the devil, and still walking away when I was done. in this clip, the defendant talks about how she had gone to Al-Anon before and she didn't tell everyone that. So whoever wrote about that, she's insinuating was H or I. I've not ever seen that post. Again, it was not produced. I do recall her talking about that before, but also she just said that when she went to Al-Anon, she was recognized and had to leave. So if someone wrote about her being at Al-Anon and she hadn't told her internet friends yet, perhaps it could have been the person who saw her. Or perhaps that person told someone else and then that person told someone else. And so time and time again, she tries to say that there's information on this website that could only be inside information, but she just admitted that she was recognized there. And so that argument doesn't hold up either. She also talks about you two. And at first she's talking about H and she says, you know, when I show you who I am, do you believe me? And and in that she's talking about H. She talks about how H was her biggest heartbreak. And then that if that is H's biggest trophy in her life, then that says a lot more about her than it does the defendant. And the sad thing is H really 
really did try to help her just like I did. And so the defendant is trying to twist this into something that it's not. And H truly did care about her, cared about her family, cared about her father. And the defendant did this not H. Then she says, and to the other one, I got nothing. You're disgusting. She talks about how she never would have expected something like that from me. But since she's met people that know me inside and out, that it's just par for the course and that she knows that she wasn't my first victim and she prays that she'll be my last. And she's referring to my prior business partner when she is talking about this. The defendant sought out my ex-business partner, sought out my ex-employees who still worked at the time for my ex-business partner and talk to them about all of this. I have already said before that when I separated from my ex-business partner, it was not a friendly disagreement at the time. Of course, they would not have some nice things to say about me. That's just part of life. When you have a break with somebody, sometimes it's amicable and sometimes it's not. So on purpose, she sought out people that she knew probably wouldn't have very nice things to say about me. And she's using that here to try to add to her credibility. Once again, she's saying that I've done this before. The only similarity with my ex-business partner and I and the defendant and I is that I sued them both. I sued them both for entirely different reasons. My lawsuit with my ex-business partner once again was just a breach of contract, a disagreement when I was leaving over the amount of money that I should have been paid. This lawsuit with the defendant has nothing to do with that, but she's looping it in. She sought those people out so that it could add to her credibility that I am somehow this evil, horrible person. When in reality, I've yet to meet somebody who does not have a past relationship or a past coworker who they don't like or who doesn't like them. But she sought these people out on purpose in an effort to try and get negative information about me so that she could tell her followers. She talks about how she prays that my next victim will listen to the red flags and that I will get the help that I need and those around me will get the help that I need and very much carries on this narrative that I am this horrible, evil, dangerous person and that I'm a danger to the people around me and anyone that I may come into contact with in the future. And once again, she is trying to further this narrative and spread the reach of this false and defamatory story that she has created so that people will see it and do further injury to my reputation. She also makes reference once again to the devil. She has called me the devil, Lucifer, the Antichrist, Satan. She often refers to me as that. And once again, she says here that she just hopes this is a season that she got through of dancing with the devil and then walking away. And I just want you to know that everybody, everybody truly knows they do. So when you walk in that nail salon and you look around and you're like, oh my God, did they know? Did they know what I did? Did they know? Do they like when you walk to the, when you go to Sam's club or Costco is really much when you go to Costco and you see that girl with a logo medallion on her shirt and it makes you feel weird in your stomach. Like, oh my God, does she know what she did? She, does she know what I did? She knows. And she doesn't like it either. She wouldn't still be wearing that shirt right now if she liked what you did. I would never wish that on anybody, but I wish that on you. And that I'll have to take up with God later because it doesn't come from a place of good and that's not good. But also no one's perfect and I'm included. I pray that everybody who ever hears this story in their life ever, ever, ever. I pray the people involved, the people not involved, the people who might have been approached to be involved and said no. Thank you for that. Pray that each one of you feels like you've always made the right decision. And I will live my life to assure you for the rest of your life that I am who I am. Good, bad and ugly. Like that's just me. Happy to be here. 
Thankful that you listen. Always late. Never finishes her makeup on time. Just a girl's girl with no bad intentions. Rich, poor, fat, skinny, before surgery, after surgery, all the things. I pray you always know that I have your best interest at heart. And my job, just like my counselor said, which was a huge turning point, is to serve you with the gifts that God gave me. And I pray that this house and this business, none of it ever makes me into a person who no longer wants to serve you with the gifts I was given. And for you two girls, I pray that you find what those gifts are because you have not figured them out yet. And I promise you, no one else has either. So in this clip, uh, and this clip was played for the jury, the jury actually asked to watch this clip and some others again. The defendant proudly proclaims, everybody knows. And then she goes on to list places as if to say, no matter where you go, everyone is going to know what you did. And she lists the nail salon, Sam's or Costco. And if I see someone wearing her logo and it's going to make me feel weird, the defendant very much wanted to spread her lies everywhere that she possibly could. She wanted me to be in fear to go in public. She wanted me to be afraid that someone might come up to me and say things about me. And she proves that by what she says in this video. And this video was very hard to watch when I reviewed it the first time. It's hard to watch every single time I've reviewed it since. It's very chilling to have someone with that kind of influence, with that kind of following, to make statements like this, knowing that she has been perpetuating her false and defamatory narrative about me for months by this point. This is August of 2021. She started this in November of 2020 publicly. And I was afraid that everyone knew. Even to this day, when I go places, I look around to see if anyone is looking at me. I look around to see if I recognize any of the clothing or the shoes that people are wearing to see if it looks like something that I own that I had bought from the defendant. Just today, at the time of this podcast recording, it is a Sunday. This morning, when the service was over at church, I walked out and I heard my name from across the lobby and it instantly, instantly gave me anxiety because I didn't know who was saying Crystal and why they were saying it. Thankfully, it was a friend of mine who was just trying to wave at me and my family, but it still invokes fear whenever I hear my name in public because I don't know. And the defendant made sure of that. With this video and so many others, it was her intention to harm my reputation. It was her intention for people to think and believe every lie that she told about me. She manipulated her followers using her influence that she proclaims to have to manipulate them into thinking these horrible things about me that she quite literally made up in her head because she read a post about her that used the term 11 billion. That's how she figured it all out in five seconds, that someone else used a common slang term that has been seen on SNL and is also listed in the Urban Dictionary. It is common slang term for a large number. And that is what she based her entire theory on, her entire, I could tell within five seconds who was talking on that website, 11 billion. So she started this false narrative. She has now perpetuated it through August of 2021. 
there is still no end in sight. I am still exhausted reviewing all of this footage. And I'm sure that you are too. And I have thought and I have tried to cut so much of it out that's not necessary, but there is still such a large volume that it is just so hard to not show because this was my life every single day. When we went to trial, we could only show the jury a fraction of what I've been able to show here. And so I'm sorry for the volume of footage and defamatory statements, but I can't tell this story without showing that to you. Know that I have tried to pare it down to the very worst of the worst. There are many more files that I am not sharing. Like I've stated previously, the defendant has used the meta platforms of Facebook and Instagram to spread her defamation for now over two years. A lot of the defamatory videos and posts still remain on her accounts today. They have not been taken down. They have not been flagged as being against the terms of service. And this video that we just watched is live right now on the defendant's main Instagram account. And it has... 33,700 views as of the date of this podcast recording, months and months after the jury verdict. What is frustrating is that not only is the defamation continuing, but the prior defamation is still out there. There needs to be some sort of accountability with this, with the social media platforms. There's no use in having a terms of service or community guidelines if Meta including Facebook and Instagram, are not going to do anything about this. To this day, she has now over 32 accounts, and there has been no consequence. These influencers cannot fabricate their own narrative and try to destroy someone's life with no consequence. But that's what's been allowed to happen with the defendant on her own social media platforms to this day. One of her final statements is that everybody truly knows, and I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but I wish that on you. And she looks directly into the camera. And there are comments from her supporters that she has manipulated who are cheering her on. And I find it disturbing that her entire basis is that there are people that are mean to her on the internet. And she is quite literally doing to me on the internet what she is claiming that I have done to her. And she did incite her followers. And the large volume of support that I would see from her followers in the comments truly did impact my own decisions about how often and when and where I went into public, truly did impact where I let my children go. So her manipulation worked for a period of time. The defendant has not stopped her defamation. She has not even stopped telling this story. She has not stopped trying to manipulate her followers. The thing that has changed for me about all of this is the unanimous jury verdict on August 24th of 2022. Because now, if I'm ever questioned about this, I'm very thankful that all I have to do is hand them the unanimous jury verdict and say, I'm so sorry that you heard that. And I'm so sorry that you believed that. Everything that the defendant said about me was and is false and defamatory. Next time on False and Defamatory. When you're like in an investigation, you don't tell the person you think committed the crime all the ways that you know they committed the crime. These were the screenshots of texts that were sent in evidence from the defendant. In this case, as actual evidence, these were also shared with the police. But in these text messages, I am just doing my job.
I'm no one to follow. I have no special talent. Yes, I do. I got thick as hell skin and I always tell the truth. That's my special talent. Write all these down. Because if you want to know later, you can save yourself the time and energy to ask me, do I admit or deny? I'm saying it. She often refers to me as Lucifer, the devil, Satan, the Antichrist. I hope you record this. I hope you play it for the jury. We won't get that far, but a girl's praying for it, like diligently praying for it. It did. And they ruled unanimously in my favor that she had made false and defamatory claims about me for almost two years by the time the trial happened. Anyone successful, which is why I'm sitting here and they ain't, period. My house has over a million dollars in equity in it. If that is not an example of Jesus giving me a security blanket in all this, I don't know what is. Listen, my attorney is not worrying about when he's gonna get a paycheck ever, I'll tell you that. And it's because they move the goalposts every single time because you agreed. They don't want that. They want conflict and strife. And I guess I'm not like that. When I get off this video, I'm still gonna be getting sued for a milli. It still ain't happening. Still, we on direct. Oh my gosh, let me tell you. She starts to say, I am going to drag, meaning herself. And I think that she was about to say that she was going to drag it out, which is exactly what ended up happening. There was information about the defendant's taxes and there was information about the defendant's wholesale prices on Gomi blog. However, those articles were written by Alice Wright. Also, they were written in 2017, long before I ever would have had access to that information. I'm in a huge lawsuit. Obviously, I give zero about because I wouldn't be talking to you every day about that subject while I was getting sued for a million dollars. But let me tell you, girl, I never made this much money as I am right this minute. So once again, she knows that she is making money by getting on the internet and saying whatever she is saying every day. They would lie about things that were verifiable. You don't think people lie about stuff when you can literally just go check, check, did that happen? No, it didn't happen. Yes, they do. They do lie about things that you absolutely can verify. This is particularly maddening because that's not what I did. That's what she did. I did care what she was saying about me that wasn't true because what she was saying impacted my actual life. It impacted my business reputation that at that point I had spent 16 or 17 years building. It was impacting my children's school. It was impacting whether or not I felt comfortable going out in public because she would not stop talking about this. And she made it clear that that was her intent. So I did care. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media, as well as my blog, can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. 
Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.